And then with this golf, like, yeah, I just go out there. I really try to learn the course. Like, I don't have any game plan of like, okay, I want to shoot this score or like, I want to birdie this hole. Like, because with this golf, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you can get up to that hole and shank it. And then what? Like, where does your game plan go? Like, you've never been there, right? That's how I try to like play this golf. You know, you don't get too excited about the birdies. You don't get too bummed about the bogeys. Like, just chill. I'd say just always try to have fun no matter how you're playing because we all know like when you're not playing that good it's really hard to have fun but like at the end of the day you're already out there like you're throwing frisbees at a basket like just just have fun with it you know hi my name is maria oliva uh sponsored by innova champion discs and you are listening to the chain clankers podcast How's it going, everybody? Hope you enjoyed our episode last week. We have another great episode for you today. We got to talk with Maria Oliva out of Texas. She has been kicking butt on. She is not a full-time, you know, tour player yet, but the few big tournaments that she has done, you know, she's come in top 10. I'm sure maybe you saw her on coverage last weekend or two weekends ago at Ledgestone. Very exciting, you know, up-and-comer player from Innova. But Quentin, what did we talk about this episode that the listeners would like to stay and listen to? Yeah, man, this is a very laid back, chilled episode, super fun. And I think you're going to learn a lot, A, just about her journey. I don't think it's a similar journey to a lot of people that we've had on the podcast. I think it's pretty unique, but also you're going to learn a different side of what it's like being a sponsored player. I feel like a lot of AMs are like, oh, I want to get sponsored. It's going to be great. Once I get sponsored, everything's going to be perfect for me. You learn a little bit more about what the reality is of being sponsored in this episode. And I, I think Innova is a great company to kind of learn from and Maria kind of share some insight into that. So super, super excited about that. And those conversations are always so much fun. We also talk a lot about how do you keep a game plan in tournaments? You know, I know I found myself kind of lacking around a whole 10 to 14, just kind of mentally checking out and maybe not always sticking to the game plan and doing something that after I threw the shot, I was like, why did I do that? Why did I not just stick to the game plan? And so we talk a lot about that. We talk about being able to create repeatable shots. We talk about, you know, an attitude to have on the course in your tournaments that is going to allow you to become a better disc golfer and, and inevitably score lower and have better rounds. So I think there's a ton to learn in this episode. The ACE round is super fun and exciting. So make sure you guys do stay tuned. If you missed last week's episode, you can learn tips about how to get better in tournaments, avoid things that I did wrong so that you can score better than I did. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, the number one way you can support is leave a like if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you're not on YouTube. We appreciate you guys so much. And without further ado, let's go ahead and let's bring Maria on. Maria, welcome on to the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast. How are we doing today? Good. How are you? We are good. Very excited to talk to you today. We haven't had a female on in a while I try to tell, you know, tell the listeners and tell Quentin, we have to like try. It's so much easier. There's a lot more guys in the game, if that kind of makes sense. Well, and I it's mean, easier. Yeah, it's totally a male dominated sport. Yeah, <laughs> for now. And it's e easy for to now. get like complacent and kind of reach out to people, you know, then it's like we yeah. try like definitely really, really hard to try to get, you know, female players on here just to try to make it, make it balanced for all the listeners. So very excited to talk to you. you we get a lot of different perspectives. We talked to uh, Vanessa. And we had a super good episode with her, you know, stuff that, you know, yeah, you're only going to know cool. about. Mm -hmm. So that was a great episode. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. Um, how are you doing 
today. How was your weekend? Did you play? I'm doing good. Um, I did not play this weekend. This uh, I've only been back home for a couple days now after Ledgestone. And when I'm back home, I work. So that's what I did today. <laughs> nice. Ledgestone was yeah. a kind of breakout tournament for you and really kind of like, I think, put your name out on the map to a lot of newer people into disc golf what kind of was that experience like for you like how often are you able with having to work be able to be out on the road and touring yeah that tournament was super fun I just I felt really comfortable with my game and the courses we were playing so it just yeah it just worked out I'm super stoked about that um and yeah this year has been a little like busy for me just because if I'm not out there playing a tournament I'm back home like working and like you know trying to sell some discs to keep going back out to tournaments because I'm flying to all of them right now and you know mm. getting a hotel yeah. slash Airbnb so it definitely adds up um but yeah next year I just bought a van and it should be done by ne- next year so cool. That's awesome. Be flying anymore. Yeah. And where is home for you? I live in Texas, Rowlett, Texas. It's oh, like really? Yeah. 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 I have family there in Rowlett. Cool. Really? Nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, I go there quite a bit. Yeah. Suburb that's outside. Cool. Yeah. That's the crib. So let's, you know, let's talk about um, your story from Texas. How did you get into disc golf? My dad and a couple of his friends like wanted the family to have something to do like on the weekends or something, I think. And that's what we ended up choosing. And at first I like really hated it because I did not like being outside and like I hated bugs and just, yeah, I was not about it. Um, But then later in high school, a buddy of mine like asked me if I knew what it was. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, it's not that fun. (laughs) But uh, I went out there and I like, played really well for you know back then and I don't know I kind of just liked it and the bug got me and that's all I've kind of done since then I feel like that's how a lot of people get into disc golf and yeah bug gets them and it's like a mosquito bite then all of a sudden you're infected and you just want to (laughs) play disc golf all the time I I know you know that's kind of what you were saying as well like would you say that really once you got into it you just found yourself constantly doing it and being like wow seven days went by and I played disc golf six out of seven days yeah like I'm not really a competitive person the only person I ever compete with is myself and so yeah for me it was more like I'm I have a very like addictive personality and so I just wanted to be the best at whatever I was doing at that certain time and yeah like with disc golf same thing I was just like oh I want to get good like it's not fun when I'm playing like or when I'm not playing that good. Not safe for work, everyone. Your virgin ears, be careful. Sorry. You're all good. I feel like if you play disc golf, you probably heard a couple of curse words or two. Okay, so let's see. So you started getting hooked into it. And so you said this was around high school when you started kind yeah. of getting. Mm-hmm. And then, so did you just start playing, you know, with your friends or going out on your own or what was that like? Yeah. Like when I started playing again, my dad obviously was pretty stoked on that. And he's like, yeah, thick now, I, you know, you can come out with me. And so we played like what we did basically was every time I would get off from school, we would go like play like the local mini 
And that was my practice, basically. And that's just what we did for like years. Because <laughs> nice. I didn't really take, I didn't ever really take disc golf that seriously. It was something I liked doing sometimes. But like, I, I don't know, I, I didn't really ever like practice casual playing, but like, I took it seriously when I did play, if that makes sense, you know? For sure, for sure. So I guess what flipped the switch for you? What made you go from this is just something I'm having fun doing, you know, bonding with pops to all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, I'm out at Ledgestone and I'm competing at Ledgestone. Yeah, you know, it was this year, like I, you know, I went to college and then I dropped out and then I did this, I went to a trade school and then I was just not happy there. And I'm like, I just thought about like what made me like the happiest or what I felt the best doing and it was always disc golf and I was like I mean that makes sense you know I should probably at least try and see where this takes me at least like try it once you know I, I could die tomorrow you know what could what could possibly happen and so that's what this year has been and it's worked out and so what did that look like for you? You know, you're just starting to go and do some field work or you just signed up for every tournament possible or what did um, that look like? Yeah, I basically signed up for every tournament I could go to. Uh, Luke Humphreys was a big part of that because he would like, you know, hit me up. He's like, hey, are you playing this? And I was like, eh, you know, like, I don't know. I don't have a place to stay. And then he would always like help me out. Him and the GK Pro crew like always helped me like especially at the beginning of the year and so that like obviously shout out to them I can't thank them enough but um yeah like the disc golf community helped a lot in that um because they would really like want me out there and I'm like oh, okay I guess I'll go and then you know obviously I don't want to play bad at bigger events so yeah I definitely started practicing a lot more like I would putt whenever I could like I have a basket in my backyard um and then, yeah, I would just play every day because that's how I like to practice. I just like to go out to the course and then just play around, but throw like multiple shots, you know, by myself. And that's how I like to practice. I don't really like doing a lot of field work because I get distracted. <laughs> yeah. And I can also see how it's more fun to be able to actually play the round. You can actually visualize what's happening. You're attacking something different every single time. Yeah. Um, I guess like, do you ever find yourself getting worn out by doing that? You know, I know that for me personally, I just played in a tournament. I haven't played in a tournament in like six months. And after the first day, my shoulder was hurting so bad because we did two rounds. Like, did you ever find your, your body like sore, or, like maybe overdoing it a little bit and you had to cut back or were you able to just continuously let it rip week in and week out? Oh my gosh. No. Like, cause like I said, I wasn't ever like oh yeah, I got to practice all day, every day. Like disc golf is my life, like ever. And then this year I decided to start, you know, actually taking it pretty seriously. And so I was playing a lot more than I ever have been. And I remember like the month right before Las Vegas challenge, like <laughs> I was just sore every day. Cause I was just playing so like, I was just doing so many reps with my arm. Um, and yeah, but honestly, after that, the rest of the year hasn't been too bad. Like, there's a couple tournaments, like DDO, um, where I was extra sore just because you're throwing as hard as you can, like, over and over. Um, but Seth from Disc Golf Strong being at the tournaments has really helped a lot because he definitely knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I know myself. 
it's definitely harder you know it's like people don't think it's like a real i guess like athletic sport you know disc golf they're like you know they, they at work they make fun of me because we tell them we're gonna go work out like for our hour <laughs> or whatever and we go play disc yeah. golf and they just laugh and like that's not a workout or whatever but i know for me like if i take a week off or whatever i'm like kind of like going to the gym if you ever take like you don't go to the gym for like a month or two that day that you go back it's just frustrating because you're weaker like you've lost that that muscle memory, that strength. Totally. And same with disc golf. It's annoying and kind of frustrating when you take a break and you go back and you're like more tired, more exhausted, as opposed to when you're playing every single day, obviously, you know, not like four or five hours a yeah. day, but just like a round or two. Mm-hmm. When you do that consistently, I feel like you're less, you get less wore out, you get less sore because your body gets definitely used to it like anything else. Um, totally. And that's why I do it, especially in Texas, you know, cause it's so hot. Like, everywhere on tour you know and anytime people are like oh my gosh like it's so hot I'm like no it's not that hot because I'm just I'm used to it I play every day and it's like super hot or not every day but I try to yeah definitely hearing people be like 85 degrees is so hot how are they doing it out there and it's like brother (laughs) it's 103 outside right now like you step outside and you are just instantly covered in sweat um do you almost find that I guess as like an advantage to where like maybe some other competitors out there who aren't used to those kind of conditions or maybe kind of breaking down around hole 10 hole 14 (laughs) whatever it is where you're able to find yourself like almost like being able to power through and put together a complete round um you know I theoretically you would think I have an advantage but yeah it doesn't necessarily like show up in my game just because like, yeah, on the couple of hot tournaments we've played this year, like, like Ledgestone was one, it was super muggy out there, you know, and I like dwindled on a couple of the lat, like the back nine holes on a few rounds. And so that's kind of like my thing sometimes. So you would think it might help, but um, I don't know. For me, it's always mental. It's not about anything else. So if I can like, make it all 18 holes without getting super down it should be should be all right but that's way harder said than done <laughs> yeah disc golf is weird it's one of those you know even if you feel like playing you're excited like you get to the course like i'm ready to play i'm like maybe if you got a new disc or you want to try something that you watched on youtube you're like super excited or if you're playing around but if you're not like fully invested, you definitely, you know, you get a certain point in the round where you kind of just start to fade away, get bored or, and then like you lose a lot of that motivation and it gets yeah. so hard to to make those shots, to hit those mm-hmm. lines once you lose that, that uh, focus. Um, but let's go back a little bit here to, you know, so you started touring a little bit, going to some, some events. When did the sponsorship happen? How did that come about? I've been sponsored by Innova for about four years now. But yeah, it was something I worked towards because um, a lot of the friends I had in the area were, or like a lot of my, like my main mentor, Landon Knight, uh, he was a lo- like a local pro here in the area, also sponsored by Innova. And he basically taught me like everything I know. And so it was kind of like natural for me to like have Innova be like my, you know, my goal. Um, and so that happened and ever since then, yeah, I've just been on Innova, um, and I've, I've loved it. It's definitely my favorite Frisbees. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I mean, Innova has been arguably the leader in disc golf for almost the entirety of disc golf itself. How, I guess, have they personally helped you in your journey? Like, are they financing for you to be able to go to these big tournaments? Like, like what are they doing other than giving you some merch and some discs to actually, like, help you, I guess? So right now... I'm waiting to get bumped up, hopefully, to like the touring professional like level on their team because I decided this like at the beginning of the year, and right now I'm only a sponsored player, so I get 75 discs a year. You hear about these levels a lot, and people getting upgraded, going to different. You know, Innova has I think what's the top one like team champion. Yeah, I think it's like Team Champion, Team Star, and something else. And like, then, like those are really cool. Like companies having those levels because it gives you know players something, I guess, to work towards. Totally, it's not you yeah. know immediately. It doesn't put you like right in the bracket where everyone else. It's kind of like a you have something to keep working towards. Yeah, and different benefits definitely with those levels, and you know that your f or like your results will reflect that. Yeah, exactly. So definitely that's one of my goals right now is to get moved up um, and we'll see how that goes. So I guess two questions here, right? What does a disc golfer have to do in order to get sponsored? Did you reach out to Innova? Did they reach out to you? And then I guess like how do you maintain sponsorship status like do you have certain goals and expectations that you have to meet or like is it like hey you're on for four years and we'll reevaluate yeah so that's like honestly I feel like one of like the most frequently asked questions I think when people start playing disc golf and like kind of start getting serious with it because they're like wait okay so what does it actually take because I think some people even feel like oh well just anyone can get sponsored you know you just have to know people but like for a fact like disc manufacturers and you know just other sponsors like uh like maybe like merch or like apparel sponsors like they look for a lot of things like obviously you have to be playing a lot of tournaments because you're basically their advertising and so if you're not playing tournaments and like meeting people and you know obviously being nice like why would they want you on the team right so that's a big one um obviously placing high and getting that rating up and then this isn't a must but nowadays like I feel like you should definitely aim to get like a pretty good social media following just because you know that's how people keep up with you and see what you're up to or whatever um but yeah I think those are the main ones I feel like yeah I feel like definitely you see that a lot now with especially newer players like some of the pro level disc golfers like they're disc golfers but then they're also like social media influencers almost everyone has a YouTube channel yeah they do like all this stuff to try to I guess make themselves their own brand yeah Um, you know their sponsor they want to represent the company they want to stay on with the company but they also it works in their benefit you know to kind of use the brand as their platform you know to say I'm a Discraft player and people who are Discraft fans or Innova fans they're going to follow those specific players because you represent that company so you know it works both ways which is really cool Mm -hmm. Um, so is that something that you are looking towards to become you know more uh, I guess 
growing your social media or doing a YouTube channel or doing something like that as you go on to tour? Yeah, um, it's definitely not my favorite part of, you know, the, the disc golf, you know, thing, just because I'm pretty shy, honestly, like I, I like to keep to myself. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that you kind of, for me, basically, I just told myself, like, get over it. Like, I think because I felt like that was something I kind of needed to do just to, like you said, grow the brand. Um, so yeah, I did start um, a YouTube and obviously I've always been pretty prominently posting on like my Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely something I'm, I'm trying to get better at. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that just makes someone more marketable, makes them a better asset for the company, especially when you're, you know, when you're having to compare two disc golfers, one who has some sort of social media presence compared to one who has no social media presence. Yeah. Probably going to go with the one that has a social media presence because I'm not to be, you know, blunt or anything, but like disc manufacturers and other sponsors in general sponsor people to move plastic, to move X product. Like that's why you are sponsored. Yes, you're good and they want to help you, but like they want to see some sort of return on investment. So I guess like, have you ever thought about it at like a business and like, is there any kind of moves that you've got coming up to like kind of situate yourself into, (laughs) I I guess, elevating your position on the team and moving up the ranks? Um, not really just because I don't ever, I mean, I clearly have to see this as a business at some point. But right now, since it's so new, I'm trying to just take it step by step. Like the only business side of disc golf for me right now is like my fundraiser discs right now, which is something that's helped a lot. Right. Because I get them, you know, at cost, I get them from Innova and then I get to sell them. And obviously while I'm I'm selling them, I get to connect with people that want to support me, which is always super cool. And I've been like just shocked at how many people like are willing to support me in this like crazy disc golf dream so it's really cool and that's really the only business side which so far has been great like it's a little busy because you know I have to work and so like shipping them all out myself is like kind of a lot sometimes but yeah it's been it's been great how does your dad feel about all this you know just you going to these big events being on Joe Mess uh, getting, you know, a sponsorship, him being the one that kind of introduced you. How does he feel about all this? Oh my gosh. He's stoked. Like he could not be happier. He loves like, yeah, he's, he's like super loud and like over the top. And he definitely is getting a kick out of me being like on like coverage and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. (laughs) Has he ever like pushed you to continue to I guess, pursue disc golf and to try to continue to grow in disc golf? Or has he been like, hey, let's kind of rein it back. Let's get back into school or, you know, what, what kind of dad has he been so, in this situation? He's definitely been both, like at the same time. Like, although this last time when I was, when I told my parents like, hey, I want to do disc golf, my mom was kind of hesitant. He was like full on like, yeah, just go do it. Uh, but yeah, growing up, definitely both of them were like, you need to go to school first and then you can do disc golf. Nat- obviously, I kind of listened, but I dropped out. So <laughs> so I didn't actually. 
but yeah, they've, they've both been super supportive, but he definitely has always wanted for me to do disc golf. So it's kind of nice that I finally am. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that I've always thought about very interesting, like the hope do school first and then like go and pursue the other thing. But I feel like when it comes to like disc golf or like other sports, I feel like it definitely is in your advantage being young and being, I guess, you know, yeah, healthier and like abled as opposed to, you know, I feel like that's one of the things that you go and pursue like disc golf, for instance, right now, how you're doing. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, I feel like then you go back to school or then you go try to do that route. Like college is going nowhere. That's always going to be there. You can always go back to school, whatever school you want to. You don't have to be young and athletic or whatever to be able to do that. But disc golf, it definitely helps being, you know, a spring chicken and being (laughs) able to to keep up with the pros. I feel like if you wait too long, then, you know, you kind of you kind of uh, walk walk away from that and then you're not able to do that. So, you know, you're you're trying this now. Is there something in your mind that's going to tell you, okay, I'm being successful at disc golf. This is what I want to continue doing. Or do you think you're kind of just going to do it and just go with it for, you know, you don't have any goal in, in mind, I guess. I mean, I definitely have aspirations. My goals are always kind of like, I don't know. I try not to look at the future too much. Like I'm, I'm very like, I don't know how to put this into words. Like I try really hard to like, just live in the present, you know? And so with disc golf, since it's something I've always wanted to do and I'm kind of finally doing it. Um, yeah, it's definitely something I want to keep doing for as long as I can. Like, it's not something that I think is going to go away at any time at all. I'm trying everything I can to make sure this is my life for a really long time. So hopefully it works out that way. Yeah, and I think you've got such an advantage being a younger player in the game because like Horatio was mentioning, I mean, it's it's so hard being even like 28, 30, 30. I mean, look at Brody Smith, 32, I want to say is how old Brody is. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's hard to enter the game at an older age and expect to compete. Being youthful gives you an opportunity to learn and then be able to compete. I mean, literally look at Kyle Klein, the guy won rookie of the year last year. Now he's looking like an unstoppable force and it allows these players to just, I think, grow into the sport instead of being forced to be good right away, if that makes sense. Um, Like, like, have you seen any of that? Like being able to like get your feet wet in in the scene of professional disc golf yeah i mean you see it all the time yeah like you see it all the time like eagle you know like he slept ate drank disc golf since he was super little and like look at where he is now like same with Haley. same thing she practiced like three hours a day like just putting like in her basement like since she was like 15 or something like of course like it's the best players are gonna be the ones that do that i feel like and not to say like you can't do both disc golf and school because like you see Calvin like he's still pretty young right he's an engineer like there's so many disc golfers that like have degrees like you can definitely do both it's just like you know for me if you're a person like me I just never saw myself doing school like it's not that I was bad at it I just it wasn't for me and so I finally decided to just accept that and start you know taking this golf seriously 
What was it about the disc golf, I guess, lifestyle that appealed to you as opposed to, you know, college and going and getting the job nine to five thing? It was definitely the freedom. Every tournament I would go to that was like one of the bigger ones. I just, the lifestyle was very appealing in the sense of like, just, it was very peaceful. Like I saw like the van life and like how that went down. And I was just like, this is kind of like everything I've ever wanted. Like a little like house to myself. No one comes in unless I like let them in. Like, this is great. And I get to play disc golf and like be out like in nature, which I love now, didn't as a kid, you know, it's how it goes. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed everything about it. And I love traveling too. Like I love seeing new places and, you know, even though I am shy, I do like meeting cool new people. So it's been great. Yeah, I think this has been a fantastic conversation so far. I kind of want to spin this a little bit more educational now. So being someone who is sponsored, playing at an elite level, playing at the elite series as well, what are some things that you're doing before a tournament to get you prepared and ready to play at your highest level? So for me, my main, and obviously this this is different for every player, um, but for me, I like to make sure like I'm drinking a lot of water that week, obviously, uh, not just like the few days before the tournament, like, you know, you have to hydrate like way before, um, making sure I'm eating three meals a day, which sounds like a very basic thing to do, but like, I'm really bad about eating like three actual meals a day. So I try to do that. Um, and then with this golf, like, yeah, I just go out there. I really try to learn the course, like. I don't have any game plan of like, okay, I want to shoot this score or like, I want to birdie this hole. Like, cause with this golf, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you can get up to that hole and shank it. And then what, like, where does your game plan go? Like you've never been there. Right. So for me, I just like to go out there and get a feel of all the holes. Like, okay, what disc will work here? Like in case there's like a headwind or a tailwind or whatever. Like I try to just make little pointers in my head and then, yeah, definitely spend like 10, 15 minutes at every basket just putting. And that's how I like to practice, honestly. It's nothing crazy. But that's that's how I get ready for tournaments. And then I usually take an off day before the tournament, but uh, I still definitely like putt and maybe like do a couple of throws here and there. Have you seen your routine or kind of your game plan before a tournament change from, you know, being playing at local events and going to, you know, I could see, you know, some of the local here in my town, local pros, I could see them, you know, being able to stay up late or kind of whatever, I guess the irresponsible ones, I guess, but not taking it super seriously. And then showing up to the tournament, the local tournament that weekend, you know, a C tier or something like that. And they're that good compared to like, you know, the other local pros that they could just show up and even, you know, have a rough day, not, not warm up, not do much practice, compete and still win. You know, did you feel that going onto the national tour events or bigger tournaments to where, you know, you couldn't really, I'm not saying that this is what you did, mm-hmm. but do you see a difference between the pros showing up to these bigger events versus, you know, pros showing up to those local events? Honestly, I don't see a huge difference just because, like I said, everyone is super different and even the pros are super different. Like some of them take it very seriously and some of them don't, even like the really, really good ones. Like you just, 
you never know. Um, and that, I feel like that's how like the local pros are too. But for me specifically, I was always the person to not really warm up that much. I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll just wing it. And now definitely not. Like I definitely have my routine that I've done this year that I feel is the best for me, which is like every tournament I do like my disc golf strong like stretches, get like everything just warm. And then honestly, I might do a couple like throws here and there if they have like a net set up at the tournament or if they have like a field, but that's never like, that one's that one I'll like either do like sometimes and sometimes I'll leave it out. But something I have to do is putt. Like I warm up for at least 20 minutes. And then as soon as I just start feeling good, then I stop. I make make sure I make two like at 20, 25 footers and then I leave and then I wait until I have to tee off. And it's been working out for me. Earlier, you mentioned you don't want to necessarily set the expectation of, oh, I have to birdie this hole because what happens if, you know, now all of a sudden you're 70 feet to the right and it's not birdieable. What I guess is your game plan then? Is it to just throw a quality shot or when do you start putting expectations on your throws? Honestly, like when stuff like that happens, like the perfect example of like, okay, yeah, you have this game plan for this hole and then you get up to throw and then you shank it and like maybe you hit like first available or something like that. Like I think for me, the biggest thing that's helped is just when stuff like that happens and you look like you go to your next slide and you're like, whoa, (laughs) like this is not good. Like just accept the fact that you might bogey. because guess what? You might just bogey from where you are. And bogeying is way better than getting, you know, cute with it and trying some crazy shot that you've never practiced or just aren't really that comfortable in and taking like a double or a triple. That's something that's helped me out personally. Cause you know, sometimes when you're in a really tricky situation that you've never been before, you kind of freak out and start like, Oh my gosh, like I have to birdie. Like, what do I do in order to birdie? And sometimes you just need to like, take it back and just be like okay no how can I get the par or again if sometimes you kind of just have to accept that you're getting a bogey and you just have to deal with it what do you of mentally on the next t-pad after you bogeyed are you more on the side of like come on we can't do that kind of stuff we have to clean it up that was you know bad or are you more like okay we got out of the way we need to I guess, yeah, kind of how do you how do you talk to yourself after a bogey? Yeah, um, you know, obviously it's hard not to get upset after you bogey a hole, especially if it's, you know, maybe like a shorty or something that you just can do in your sleep. Like, yeah, you're going to be upset. But I think the most important thing is to just not let it like linger on for like more than, I don't know, 30 seconds because you need to be thinking about your current shot and your current shot only, not your next one, not your previous one, like the one that you are about to throw. And that's something I've definitely gotten a lot better at this year. Like I'm just really good at erasing what happened on the last hole and just walking up to my line and just doing the shot that I need to do. Yeah, that's great advice. I I remember coaches and other sports always saying, you know, you have to have a short memory because you can't change what's in the past. And that's so true in disc golf. Okay, sure. You bogeyed, you double bogeyed, you you took a snowman, whatever it is. Yeah. You literally cannot change that. 
It is no. what it is. So you might as well just accept it and move on and just reset and continue to try to attack for the next hole. And I assume that maybe something that can go wrong there is let's say you take a bogey and then mentally you're like, Oh gosh, I have to birdie this now to get back on track. Do you ever have any of those thoughts in, or, or is, should that be the thought or is it just a complete race reset? This is a new hole. This is a new shot. I'm just focusing on trying to get a par here or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I think ideally it should be a complete reset. Um, I try to do that. But I mean, I would be lying to you if on a couple of holes where like I bogeyed, I wasn't like, okay, well, you have some birdie holes, like just, just try to get yourself a putt. And I think for me, that works just because I'm not telling myself like you have to birdie this. It's just get up there, just give yourself a putt. Like that's it. Just give yourself a chance. And that's just kind of how I deal with stuff like that. Okay, you know, I think we're good on that for now. It's definitely been a good a good talk. And I just real quick, you know, I want to talk about your tournament results for a quick second. Um, so looks like here out of the last, you know, six national tour events that you've played this year, five out of six, you have placed in the top 10, you know, which is very, very exciting. You know, I think the more competitive that the female side of disc golf can get, the more uh, followers and the more fans, you know, will will start to follow that side. I know a lot of, you know, it's it's male dominated, like we were talking about, but I feel like also like the fan base, even though, you know, there's a ton, a ton of talent, like Paige, I love watching Paige Pierce and Katrina battle, but I feel like a lot of people get kind of tired of that. So I feel like it's very exciting to see new young players come on the female side and start to challenge, you know, that kind of the usual, players that we're used to um and so yeah i mean you took fifth at ledgestone ninth at the preserve and so you know for someone who isn't touring that much but you're going out to these big tournaments and you're coming in top 10 i feel like that's that's incredible i mean what is your game plan what are your goals for this you know going on tour this upcoming season to continue to do this well, first of all, thank you. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing this year, which is just enjoying the fact that I get to do that. I get to play disc golf for a living now. Um, definitely, like, I feel really confident in my game, but I definitely have not reached my peak. And so I definitely need to practice a lot more and have more of a rigid schedule for that. Uh, like right now, it's a little hard just because I have to like work and do other things. But I'm really excited for next year because it'll be like my first full year, you know, doing disc golf full time. And I think it'll show. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I know. We're very excited as well. Just to see the continued breakout into next year. And so I guess the last question that I have before where I'm ready for the ACE round, at least is, you know, playing on these big time cards, playing with the likes of Paige Pierce, Kristen Tatar, Katrina Allen, Haley King, Vanessa Van Dyke, and like all these big names in the sport right now, have any of them almost like taken you under your, their wing or like really tried to help you out? Or is it like, yo, this girl's, Finn about to crush here in a couple of years. You cannot <laughs> give her any of the secrets. Uh, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because like, yeah, so it's 
from what it seems like you would think that I'm kind of like the new person like on tour but like I have known a lot of the touring pros for like years and years because like when my dad got into it he would host a lot of people and even though I wasn't playing like a bunch of touring pros like came through our house and so it's more of like hey guys I'm I'm actually out here with y'all now um so no like everyone has been so welcoming like they're all like my buds so like everyone's super happy that I'm like finally out there and it's just been like insane because everyone's just been super supportive and like the women like every single one of them I've met they've just been nothing but nice and like helpful and generous and it's just yeah this golfers are really nice people for the most part it's been great yeah it's amazing and I mean your dad sounds really cool maybe next time I'm in roulette I'll have to hit up your dad yeah, and go play around sure. with him <laughs> have you gone to the point where you're beating him yet uh yeah 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 definitely gotten there it, for a while like actually yeah just until this year i've been able to beat him because he's he's fairly good he has yeah. a really killer spin putt which i probably learned from him so it's kind of how he gets those strokes <laughs> Cool. I think with that, we are ready to get into the ace round. So these are just the same five questions we ask every single person. And so the first one we have for you here is you're taking a new player to the store to buy their first set of disc. What one putter, mid and driver do you recommend to them? Hmm. For a beginner, I would do an AVR, any sort of AVR that you can find at the store. They usually have them there. Um, and then for mid range, I like make a threes i think they're really neutral and i think even if you throw kind of soft you'll kind of learn with that disc how to get it to fly straight for you um and then for a driver i'd suggest a road runner and even though that's a fair way i think for a beginner that's the best route to go because it feels a little bit more comfortable in your hand for the most part so that's yeah. what i would advise that's definitely a thing we've heard more fairway drivers and distance drivers and the roadrunner is one hell of a disc for sure so the next question we have for you is what is your favorite course you have played in one course you would like to play my favorite course that i have played i think is uh northwoods black the one we just played at ledgestone oh my gosh that course is insane like <laughs> i I wish I could play there a lot more often, but yeah. And then um, a course I would like to play is um, the courses in Vermont for uh, Green Mountain Championships. And I get to play that this year and I'm so excited. So yeah, yeah that, those two. Just, just from watching coverage, that course looks beautiful. Yeah. All right. Next question we got here is one tip you would give to yourself who just started playing disc golf. I'd say just, always try to have fun no matter how you're playing because we all know like when you're not playing that good it's really hard to have fun but like at the end of the day you're already out there like you're throwing frisbees at a basket like just just have fun with it you know no that's big facts the, the tournament that i just played in last weekend i saw somebody spend like at least 85 to 100 dollars to play in advance and had one just awful round literally the first round awful round and then just quit with two rounds oh. left i could not imagine mm -hmm. spending that much money and then just 
playing one round and being pissed and not showing up for the other two. Well, um, yeah. Have fun. So sad. Just yeah. have fun. Just, just have fun. Turn that frown upside down. Yeah. It's really not that bad. You're playing disc golf. It could be, you could be well, at yeah. work. So like, well, and like, you know, it, it's like directly affects everything like in your life. Just, just have fun. It's not, nothing is ever as bad as it seems and nothing is ever as like as good as it seems like that's how I try to like play this golf you know you don't get too excited about the birdies and don't get too bummed about the bogeys like just chill yeah no, that's great advice our fourth question we got for you what is your favorite memory playing disc golf I think my favorite memory was this year my boyfriend and I went to Dalhart Texas and we both won our first eight years together and it was super cool like just that is crazy yeah, it was, it was, was it the same, cool. same tournament yeah, same oh, tournament. Oh, wow, that's he crazy. Won MPO, I won FPO, both first A-tier wins. So it was like, just crazy. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. Quinn says that's goals. That is goals. <laughs> goals. <laughs> if, I, if I could get my fiance out there in a couple of tournaments, we could maybe pick up some Ws. Dude, do it. How can he get her out there? How can he get her signed up to a tournament? She's not very competitive, so no. without well, pushing gotta- her. Well, one, you have to make it fun for her when you do bring her out. Oh, yeah. All the time. She loves playing. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, if she loves playing, then yeah. I think think for a lot of girls, it's finding other women to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard, granted. But I think, you know, like, that's the main thing. Because, you you know, representation is, like, huge. And you like to be with people that are also like you so like playing with other women i think is super important for a lot of girls true she's definitely said she would not want to play with a bunch of men and does yeah. not like when men are watching her play uh, yeah oh so, yeah maybe well, yeah because you know everyone's be been nice. out on the disc golf course when a girl is out there like some dudes are kind of gone some dudes are like, very creepy just you know just i know there was one time probably like early March-ish once the snow and the negative 30 degrees went away where her and one of her friends actually went out to a course without me and it was just packed and there were definitely some guys behind her like saying some stuff but I think it was positive it was just a totally weird vibe Um, oh yeah and also it's like strangers in a park and you're women alone like just I think men need to be aware of that you know like because to y'all well and not y'all i'm not gonna generalize but you know to some people they don't think like that and i think it's just important to note like most women are all like already like hyper aware of like surroundings and so when a random dude comes up to them on a at a park it's like uh what yeah (laughs) yeah don't be weird guys don't be weird don't be that weird guy just yeah. girls out there playing, leave them alone. If Smile they want help, and they'll come and ask on. you. That just, is like rule number one of disc golf for all the beginners. Just don't be that weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Make some merch be... of that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that can be the, you know, for the next question. What is the biggest mistake you see new players make? <laughs> Being the weird guy. <laughs> no, but, uh, but seriously, I think is uh, how they are holding the disc because mm. you wouldn't think that that's a, you know, common mistake. But yeah, some people just have totally different grips and not that there is like a certain best way because, you know, people have fan grips, they have like power grips, some people do like three fingers, some do four. But for the most part, yeah, I would 
always like I always teach people a power grip because I think it's what's like most comfortable to most people nice last question I guess before we get out of here we've said that already once but since you said power grip do you do a four finger or a three finger because I'm experimenting with a three finger and I see some pros but I just I just want to know if I'm crazy here yeah so I started out with a three finger power grip and then somebody mentioned that I would get more distance with four and I was like say less so I've been four fingers for as long as I can remember nice (laughs) and I like it because I feel like I have more control of like the disc in my hand Mm -hmm. like it's not it's like loose I don't Mm -hmm. know no that makes sense that makes sense yeah I can't remember I was listening to some other podcast and they had said that the three finger grip made them more accurate and throw further. And it's like, this sounds like an experiment that I need to go out and test. <laughs> but like um, I said, I mean, I feel like people that have fan grips, I'm like, I don't even know how you throw that more than 20 feet. I could never holding it like that. So yeah, it really just different people like different things. Yeah, for sure. Well, Maria, this was a fantastic episode. I, I had a lot of fun here. Where can the people follow you at on Instagram, subscribe to your YouTube? Where, where can the people connect with you? Uh, well, thank you for having me, guys. I had a lot of fun. This is the first time I've ever done something like this. So thank you. Um, and on Instagram, it's easy. It's just M-O underscore 1029. And um, my YouTube is just my name, Maria Oliva. And you should find some cool disc golf videos. And I would really su- appreciate it if you guys followed me along. <laughs> yeah, we definitely will. You know, very exciting. I know there's there's a ton of, you know, like, Eagle has a blog, Simon has a blog and like all those guys, but I feel like you don't see as many on the female side. So get some content, put it out there, <laughs> teach people how to do stuff, keep it fun, yeah. take us along your, along your journey. And, you know, very excited for you. Best of luck to you this next season. And we wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate y'all. And I wish y'all the best of luck in this podcast. It's been super fun. Thank you for listening to the Chain Clankers podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chain Clankers and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us from so you never miss another episode.